0: Other than things, you know, travel, those type of things. And later on in life, I think our kids realized, I'll never forget, one time we were sitting at a bowl game and our kids were there and our company at that time had sponsored that bowl game. And they said, Dad, I get it. So, I mean, that that is uh, showing them the benefit of selling out, not quitting, falling through, and it's delayed gratification, which in this world, everybody wants everything right now. And let me tell you something, things that are worth having, marriage, kids, uh, uh, places to go you've never been to, they may not happen right now. They may not ever happen.
1: This is Kim.
2: And this is Z. Welcome to Wisdom Seekers Podcast. Today we are sitting down with two of our closest friends and mentors, and it's really strange because we're in a hotel room in Punta Cana, and right outside the window, there's these guys doing the aerobics class, and um, Joe has got us itched to go do the aerobics class with these guys right now, but we've kind of roped them and, and Gloria in. Gloria and Joe Hadicek from the great state of Iowa, and uh, so... So why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your, your life story?
3: So we both grew up in Iowa and are from a very small town called Dysart, Iowa, with about a thousand people in it. And when we both went to high school there and we get this question all the time, no, we did not date in high school. I'm married to an older man by a couple years. And, uh, but we knew each other and just, um, that's where it started for us after we got out of high school, started dating. And now we've been married 31 years and have three children. Our oldest son, Trev, is 25 and lives in Washington, D.C. and works for the State Department. Our second son, Tate, is uh, 22, and he works for a company called VGM after he graduated from college, a company in Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa, that's a growing company and and great for him. And then our daughter, Tori, just turned 19, and she's a freshman at Iowa State.
0: Absolutely. Small town America. Um, Loved every bit of it growing up, and that's why... We eventually moved back there with our kids after moving away for a while. But uh, farming community, agriculturally driven, so uh, work ethic was predominant, uh, being modeled in our lives, and also the community aspect. You know, when you rally around small towns, for whatever matter it might be, you see a lot of people that really care. So I think we were very fortunate to both grow up in that environment and uh, being able to raise our kids in that environment. So that really was the foundation of our relationship.
2: Marriage. All right, we've looked up to you guys for we've known you for 17 years, and we are actually celebrating our 20th year anniversary talk. You guys talk to us about marriage, start with the basics, how long you've been married, that kind of stuff. And
0: we got married uh, July 1st, um, 1988, so 31 years, right? 31 years uh, we've been together, and uh, like anybody, you know, you think everything's gonna be perfect when you get married. And uh, you go through different stages of things that you think are really important in your life. So for example, where we came from, uh, we actually had our date of getting married uh, revolving around a softball tournament. That was that was really important for, for me and my buddies uh, that we had a, actually the next day, uh, we were in a softball tournament. So uh, we revolved everything around the 4th of July softball tournament. It was kind of our social life, social activity. So if I had to do that today, I'd say, you, are, you're, if one of my sons said that today, I'd say, you're not doing that. So, uh, it was backwards and, uh, went through some growing pains really early. Um, you know, personally, I was chasing my passion of being a, a college football coach. Gloria, uh, relocated with me to Des Moines, Iowa, where she took up, uh, something she never went to school for working in PR, right? Human, human resources. Yes. Yes. With, a. Uh, largest newspaper in Iowa, the Des Moines Register. So, um, you know, I got my master's degree through this coaching opportunity, stayed at Drake University for 10 years. Uh, We were living in the biggest city in Iowa, coming from one of the smallest towns in Iowa. So we went through transition there. But the bottom line, I think we went through some stretching with our personal life. And, uh, you know, myself personally, having to give some things up, eventually giving softball up, that it was putting stress on our marriage, because when you're trying to play recreational sports, there's just a time in your life where you realize that, you know what, this isn't really worth it. And you have to make a decision uh, to either stay together or maybe things aren't going to work out and you go the other direction. So, and I'm not blaming it on softball. It might be something different for somebody else out there. So, go uh, I got a question for you, right? This is
2: getting good. All right. So you were saying that in the season of life, when you guys, your kids were little and there were, you know, now you're empty nesters, you were saying you have to take um, time out for your your marriage and work on your marriage. Right? What are the, some of the things that you, as the wife and mom, did? And Joe, what did you, as the husband and the father, what did you do for your marriage? Because you guys are 31 years together. You've kind of you've run the roads. You've got your ki- You've 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 achieved the dream. Your kids are out in the world, flying on their eagle wings. So give us some insight as how to. You know, we're 20 years now. How do we get to year 30? And, and beyond in terms of taking care of our marriage. Um, you know, a couple of things that you can think right off the top of your head that were, you know,
3: instrumental. Well, I think the one thing that we always learned is like, you know, you, for us, because we're Christians, you put God first, your marriage second, your kids third. Right. And so um, one thing we always have done from day one is we've always went to church together and um, that's been incredible. And then the other thing is, is in, I don't, I'm not always saying I put Joe first cause that's definitely not true. But like when you hear that and you think that, you know, you really try to do that. I mean, you, you try to put your husband first. And, and for, for him, or for me, it might be just doing little things at home that are important to him, you know, that he that he, I know that I mean I, I love him but he forgets stuff all the time you know like he just he loses everything so if, like for me if I can lay it on the counter in a common spot so he can grab it while he walks out the door and just little things like that or you know filling up my car with gas for, for me so I don't have to you know get out the gas station when it's 20 below in Iowa uh, things like that but I think date night um you know going to a movie finding a movie we both love or maybe I'll go to a movie I don't love just because I know that he wants to go see Tarzan you know or I think also like we've we live in a small town We've got friends there still just saying, Hey, let's go on a double date, let's go out to eat. And it's that's all it is. It's going out deep, but it's catching up and socially keeping up with friends that might not be in our business, right? They're just people that are in our town that we grew up with that we still love and still want to keep in contact with. And then I think the other thing is, you know, realizing you can't always put your kids first that sometimes it's it's gonna be okay if you don't. They don't think it's gonna be okay for sure. But in reality, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. And you're teaching your kids what a great marriage is. And that's the one thing I feel like in our small town, we had when Joe was a football coach, high school football coach with our boys and then some boys in our town, I always love the story is like right when we moved home we had we sprayed our backyard like a football field and I swear like when four o'clock hit the boys were like knocking at the back door hey can Joe come out and play because Joe was like all time quarterback and every boy within you know biking distance to the house was in our backyard so I'd feed him whatever snacks I had. You know, we put water outside, and Joe would be the all-time quarterback, and they would play football. But, you know, the two things they saw that is, number one, it was a dad that was home that was playing with his boys every day, and a lot of those boys didn't have fathers or a, a father figure in their life, so Joe, um, you know, did that for them. But also they saw what a good marriage was because we had a good marriage, so they would come in and, you know, whatever. If they didn't have a supper that night, then they'd eat supper with us, or they'd just come in and get warm, or they'd come in on Saturdays and hang out for five hours. But we also um, showed kids that, Hey, this is what a good marriage is all about, you know, being home together and working together. And we took them a lot of places, the kids and, in our town and stuff too. So, um, good thing to add.
0: Yeah. I just, uh, I remember, you know, there's times as a guy, you have to do some things that may not on the surface appear like you're putting your family first, your marriage first. Cause I do remember this as we started a part-time, uh, direct sales business and I was still the college coach and, uh, at that time we had a two-year-old and four-year-old boy trevin tate and i remember those kids crying saying daddy don't leave daddy don't leave and uh you know very very difficult to uh when you're gone 80 hours a week to go here good he's going to be gone again and initially i think gloria felt the same way he goes you're gone all the time the way it is now you're going to do this too but i had seen something that i knew wasn't for me it was for our family and I had to test the water. I had to sell out to it on a part-time basis because I saw something bigger at the end. If, if we pushed the envelope, and not forever, but to get to a point where we can maybe do some things we've never been able to do. Because I'm telling you what, um, again, money's not everything. But when you have it, you can help other people. You can do things that are memories for your kids rather than things you know, travel, those type of things. And later on in life, I think our kids realized, I'll never forget, one time we were sitting at a bowl game and our kids were there and our company at that time had sponsored that bowl game and they said, Dad, I get it. So, I mean, that that is uh, showing them the benefit of selling out not quitting, falling through, and it's delayed gratification, which in this world, everybody wants everything right now. And let me tell you something, the things that are worth having, marriage, kids, um, uh, places to go you've never been to, they may not happen right now. They may not ever happen, but I think the example and the model that you are. Another thing that is on my heart I just want to share is, you know, Gloria and I screaming at each other, yelling at each other. She mentioned those kids would come over to our house. They saw the same Joe and Gloria that our kids saw. You know we never hardly ever just got so mad that we left the house, you know and and just said things that were so regretful. Have we said things to each other? We had to apologize for Yeah, we're human, but it's just we just got to the point where one of us would say are you are you kidding me? Is this really what we're arguing about? Is this really worth it? you know?" And uh, I think those true heart-to-hearts where you have to, especially as a man, let your ego down, let, let down your shield, and, and listen to your wife. Because I truly think that the wife has a better uh, thermostat for what needs to be done in a typical family, not everybody, but um, let, let each person excel at their role. Let 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 each person excel at their role. Everybody has gifts, so I've respected those gifts. Gloria's relationship builder, spends a lot of time on the phone or in person with people. That's her gift. And she cares. And it shines through. So that's that's a talent that I've learned to respect. And and sometimes she needs time alone with her girlfriends. Hey, this Friday I'm gonna be with the girls. Do you care? She asked me, you know, if I said I don't want you to go, she'd probably go anyway, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> but at the same time, I realize she needs her girl time. And sometimes I just need to be alone with my dog. You know, I just need to go outside and just just be a guy. And uh, so, those are just some things that I think opened up along the way while we're sharing this story.
1: I have a couple questions, but one, um, Joe, you talked about um, teaching your kids, you know, the value of, you know, not quitting and it's just basically grit. And um, I would say, you know, as parents, that's something that um, I think in this day and age that it's very hard because everybody does want something right away. So um, in this day and age, you know, growing up is different than how we grew up, than different than even how your kids, you know, are growing up. But if you could, both of you share a little bit on how because your kids are, you know, are ex- yeah, they're extraordinary kids and they're growing up and they're doing their own thing and they're being successful in their own ways. And that's a huge thing. Um, as a parent, you want your kids to be able to be successful by themselves and in their own identity. Um, but how do you teach them, like? the grit that you're talking about, like what, what are the things that you would say are, were really helpful in teaching your kids, Hey, don't quit that. You have to have that delayed gratification. And, you know, knowing that in the end you'll get
0: something. I think first of all, the grit starts with the love that you have for them, you know, not being scared to publicly give your kids a hug and say, I love you. Um, and I saw that modeled by my father, you know, and my mother. So, uh, but probably not as much as we do, you know. Even to our friends, you know, like hugging my friends in high school was kind of hey, get away from you know. <laughs> now it's like all the people like we're hanging out with here. Hey man, if you're not hugging each other, you're a weirdo. <laughs> so, so uh, it's it's an acquired uh, love for people and uh, realizing that uh, there's all different kinds of people out there. But I think most importantly was the foundation, you know, that we had on our faith. And we grew into this. I don't think we got married, and faith was number one for us. You know, it was a, it was, a, it was over time. And I can specifically tell you, there wasn't one day where the light came on and I became a believer. It was, it was over time. I knew, I knew Jesus Christ was out there for me personally, but I just it, it, it was over time and and just making that decision to step over the line. But I think our kids having that faith base is important. But they love each other too, and they respect each other. But I think sometimes there's a hard part where uh, if you're the oldest, you might start to set the bar for the youngest or the middle kid. And it gets very difficult if that kid is very successful in sports or in academics or in fine arts or swimming or whatever, right? So um, we try to lift up each one of their differences and say, hey, you are special because of this, right? And uh, I think we've been blessed with health by them. You know, um, we've been blessed from the fact that uh, they've they've been successful, what they've decided to do. But I think the grit part is you learn when you're not successful. You know, we've had our kids go through some tough times. I mean, whether it's a relationship with a girlfriend or boyfriend or it it could be some struggles emotionally, psychologically, physically. Um, And uh, there's life lessons to be learned in each one of those episodes that is your book. So you have to realize that uh, each each one of them is different, value their differences, and uh, lift them up. And uh, when they're there to fall down, sometimes you gotta leave them down. You, you just can't, the, the helicoptering I see today as a coach over the parents wanting to fix every problem and, and correct it for Johnny or Josie, just using those words fictitiously, but you know, it, it's it's a problem. The open door, hey, come on in. I, you know, if you want to talk, um, if your kids, I'm going to use sports as the example, is, is a problem. It's a, it's an absolute problem. There's no growth occurring. There's no leadership occurring because children don't play in backyards anymore. When, when kids create play on their own, they develop leaders without the parents picking out. Z, you're the point guard. You know, Kim, you're the quarterback. And we don't let them develop those skills. And we wonder, why aren't they good leaders? Why aren't they good leaders? Well, we don't let them be. We pick we pick the guys that are going to play. We rotate. We, we determine everything. We organize it from the time they can walk. We plug them into activities. And some of these are very good. But at the other time, I look back and go, we created a monster, <laughs> you know. And we didn't start that early with our kids I mean third fourth grade football um, swimming lessons was a priority obviously trying to learn how to swim before that but it's just sometimes you wonder if the calendar is over dictated by kids at at uh, events to the point where there's a time where you wonder hey are you putting us first you know as a spouse you know because it doesn't seem like it because we're shuttling kids around all the time but we want the best experience for them so there's a fine balance and I think Gloria and I have decided and then I'm going to hand it to you there is no balance. You know, there is no perfect balance. You know, you can create the perfect calendar, but in, in something's going to come up and, and disrupt that perfect calendar. And then what are you going to do about it?
3: I think the thing too, is like, you know, why our kids were growing up, like we were learning as parents also, like we had great parents. We can model what our parents did, but you know, times change. And like what we do with our kids now, they're probably not going to do with their kids in the next 10 years when they have them or whatever. But, I, I think that's part of it is obviously we're not perfect parents. But the one thing for our kids, like for grit, you know, we always said, like, if you start something, something, you you're you're there till it's over. You're finished. If if you hate basketball the first week, well, you're going to play it for the next three months because you started it. And there was no way, or no how they were going to get out of it. You know, there we just we never let them quit on anything that had anything to do with life. Like if you want to be done when the season's over, that's fine. You know, find find something else to do but uh, we, we never let our kids do that. That was important to us as parents. And I think the thing is, like Joe said, we just, you know, they they went through some things in sports. They went through some trials and tribulations in life. And, you know, we didn't just be like, oh, hey, this is going on. We, we had to work through it together. Or we had to just say you know you're not 100% right with this either 50% of this might be you that's that's not going the way that you want it maybe it's your attitude or maybe it's you know what this is going on and and those are hard talks to have as parents because you know you want your kids to always be happy with you but the the reality is we're not their friends we're their parents and and we got to do what's right for them and and we do feel like you know with our kids they're they're growing up and they're going to be life changers we spoke that into them you speak life into your kids Um, we let them know they're difference makers you know and we had high expectations you know our kids got good grades. We expect them to get good grades. I mean, that's when you get to college, we'll give you a first semester of, hey, maybe mess around a little bit. But after that, like, get on the right track, right? And uh, the cool thing for like our son, um, he went on to get his master's degree in um, Homeland Security and Terrorism. And he got a job offer this summer. And it was a pretty good job offer. But he had called Joe and I both and said, like, it's an offer but like it's not my dream job like and I'm I'm in a process of another interview that I feel like could be my dream job and you know we just said then wait on it like follow your dream and, and if the other one doesn't come through your dream job then we're gonna we'll figure it out like you just keep going but if you know, if that's not your job, if that's not where you want to be, then you keep dreaming bigger. Because you know, you got it. You, we believe in you. Um, we've never stopped believing in him, and, and he ended up getting the job that
2: he wanted. So interesting to just listen to you guys talk. You know, on the cu- a, on a couch, and we're just talking as as friends and peers. You know, so much of my attitudes as a father have been shaped by you guys, and it's just weird to think that oh yeah i do remember hearing this then at a certain point in time oh and it came from glow it came from joe and i think we talk about the ripple effect and the butterfly effect you know your the the thoughts that you guys have given us are ending up in not just our kids lives but you know go forward a generation or two generation all the people they're going to impact so that's a that's kind of a goosebump thought.
1: You know, I guess uh, hard times as a family, hard times, you know, as uh, as a couple. So what? Like what you know? Do you have you know one thing that you feel like has really helped you guys? You know, going through the difficult times when things aren't icing on the cake because you have a you know thirty over thirty plus year marriage. You have three great kids. Um, you're very successful in your business. Very successful in the community. Very successful and you know um, you know just helping helping other people out in in certain areas. So um, leaders in the sense of of a lot of different areas. Um, so, you know, no one else, you know, is immune to hard times. So what would be the one thing, if someone's going through a hard time or a very difficult time, what would you say would be maybe the one or two things that really
3: helped you persevering through those?
2: And maybe even if you want to share what those hard times were specifically, you want to do that.
3: Well, I think um, one of the times that probably was – Test in our marriage is, is one of our boys really was struggling um, with just kind of life. And just, you know, we didn't, as parents, we weren't sure. Like, we just, we tried some things we, we thought were right. It, you know, it wasn't working. Um, we just, we didn't know. And it wasn't anything bad or it wasn't, any, it was just, he was just struggling with maybe a little bit of behavior at home and really just struggling with, you know, just kind of being defiant, honestly, is what it really was. But part of that's just, I felt like being a boy and, and anything. And so Joe and I had decided like, we couldn't do this on our own. Like we needed to seek help with that. And, um, we ended up doing that. We ended up um, getting him into a play therapist, and it literally changed his life around. And, you know, as a parent, sometimes you're like, oh, gosh, I don't want to do that. It just doesn't seem like it's right. Why can't we handle this on our own, right? And we've we've all walked through it. We just think we should be able to handle this. But in reality, we couldn't. Um, because we didn't know what to do. We didn't always say the right things. And, and the thing is, is sometimes we said the, the things that we thought were right, and it made it worse. It made the situation worse. So we ended up getting this incredible play therapist that literally changed our our little boy's life. And um, he was probably a maybe a, I don't know, fourth grader or something. But the cool thing about it, too, is not only did it help with him, but it helped us because this guy gave us better parenting skills. And, um, it took a burden off us because, you know, in our mind we weren't doing things right and we, we didn't know what to do. And so he not only helped our little boy at that time, but he helped us become better parents by saying, here's some things you should do, or here's some coping skills that are going to help you guys. And to this day, we are so thankful for that therapist. And we see him around town every once in a while, or we've used him once just for a day once and talk to him and, and he's been incredible. So, um, that's, that was one of them. I feel like that's been, was important, but so huge and really was a lifeline for us
0: you know I think that was one of the pivotal moments where as a guy you're like I can't fix this because you want to fix everything you know because it's your family right you're the you're the breadwinner you're 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 the man of the family and uh, that that time was just you reach for help you know and I think guys typically don't want to ask for help they just don't want to admit they have a problem so how you doing good they're not doing good. I mean, that's our standard. Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you doing? Good. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just that small talk to dig deeper sometimes. I've found it the most rewarding to dig deeper, dig deeper, dig deeper. If they'll let you in, um, there, there's some change that can happen just where guys can let, let loose, man. Admit it. You got something wrong. Everything looks great outside the four walls. But inside the four walls is life. And you can't put on a mask every day. And I reflect something I already mentioned, you know, my passion for, you know, playing team sports with guys and playing slow pitch softball early in our marriage. You know, I'm thinking, hey, just adjust to this. Let's just play in a co ed league on Sunday, you know, and that way we're together more. So here's another thing, you know, not only week playing Friday, Saturday, but let's go play co ed softball. That'll make you happy, right? No. And so they're just, you know, on the pivotal time, and you're thinking, well, that's not a big deal. But I could tell it was stretching our marriage where it, w- it was the point where, honestly, if I didn't give that up, I don't know if we'd be talking right now. And it, it seems silly, you know, slow pitch softball, but it was such an identity thing that, you know, we had created a team and we, we went to win championships and we, you know, we, we had a great time together socially and, you know, we partied together. And then it's like, you know, what is it really doing? You know, what is it really doing? And, and as you get older, I think you, you can still stay in that trap. And you you tend to be like who you hang out with, right? And it was difficult, I think, for me and Gloria when we started growing in our marriage. And then we got involved in a business together. Now we're working together every day where I never saw her. You talk about change. Oh, my gosh. It's like, you know, I never saw you. Now I see you all the time. So she's like, get your car and go somewhere.
3: I think the thing is, too, is like, you, for us you know we we speak life into our kids right and a funny story is a long time ago Tori was probably 4 years old and I had gotten a haircut and I did not like it and I was literally in my bathroom crying over it which is totally ridiculous right but I was in my bathroom and I was crying and she came in and she said mom why are you crying and I said oh I don't like my haircut and she said I'm proud of your haircut because that's stuff you say to your kids, right? I'm proud of you to make them feel better and she said I'm proud of your haircut, mom. And so I love that, you know, your kids are you, when, and you don't even know that. You don't even know the life that you speak into your kids. Like the thing is that I always have to remember is like they're going to remember your words. And, you know, with our son that was a tough cookie, you know, sometimes he didn't like to, he didn't want to go to school. He didn't like to get out of bed. He didn't want to go to school. And I never wanted him to go to school with my last words were like, get out of the car and get into school, you know, because he would be mad. And I mean, what a a way to, rotten way to start your day, right? So the thing is, you got to remember, I feel like as parents is your words hold power. Your words hold power. And the thing is, is they might not remember all the good stuff you said. They might remember some of the bad stuff you've said as parents, not bad stuff, but just negative stuff of like, you know, hurry up, get in the car. You were late. But I wanted to say for us to is, you know, just speaking life into our kids, writing them notes, writing them cards, um, telling them we love them. But this summer when our, our business went down, it happened to be like on a Friday and my boys were home because Tori graduated that weekend. It was her grad party was at our house the next day with about 300 people. And then on Sunday was her graduation. And I remember that, that I was standing in my, i mean get choked up, but I'm standing in my kitchen on Saturday, and I'm, I'm just, I'm crying. I mean, it's it's it was hard. And my boys are in the kitchen, and they're lifting me up. They're like, Mom, it's going to be okay. And, and people that had yeah, hurt my feelings, or they weren't going to follow us, It which is, I get it. My boys were like, it doesn't matter, Mom. You can move on, you know. So as a mom or a parent, you start out as lift your kids up, when something big happened to us this summer, my kids are in my kitchen lifting me up. They're lifting me up and saying, "It's gonna be okay, Mom. It's gonna be good," you know. And so, that's the power of parenting.
0: And one more story, because I think when you make a point, stories always yeah. dominate, right? So, uh this is what you guys are paying for. Yeah, <laughs> our, our number two son, uh, Tate, um, who was the tough cookie when he was younger. I can remember he did not want to get dressed for school, so I would physically put him in the car, and he wouldn't have all his clothes on. And i said, hey, you're going to school, and I'd have his clothes in the car with me. But, you know, just uh, get him to school and said, I'm going to take you in there, you know, with what you got on if you don't get your clothes on. <laughs> we had them headbutting moments. But one thing he told me one time, you know, uh, him and our oldest would always wrestle. And it's just kind of a boy, boys want to be physical. So uh, we'd let them wrestle, you know, we'd let them wrestle. Not, you know, because typical parent, don't break anything, you know, and that's true. But, you know, we had a place in our basement you could wrestle. And I think we even bought a used wrestling mat and threw it down there because one of our sons was really into wrestling when he was younger. But it, Tate says he just appreciates, uh, you know, Trev beating on him, you know, when he was younger, you know, not letting him win. And, you know, I think there's life lessons to be learned in that. Now, there's a, there's a, there's a certain degree of, hey, be smart, right? But, um, you know, you got to let boys be boys. And then having a daughter, Tori's the first female in my dad's side of the family in 100 years. So he went out and researched the tombstones to find out. And we're like, oh, my gosh, we just had a girl, you know. And um, it was like, wow. You know, so I had to lean on Gloria because we had no girls in our family. So she grew up with two sisters. And uh, so it was it was it was a gift. It was an absolute gift to have a girl. And uh, I realized as a father, you know, this is a whole new deal. You know, we've had some talks about that. It's like, hey, might have to have an interview process when these boys come over courting and what's what's going to be the bar and all that stuff. So that as a father and parents, you know, uh, we try to be fair, you know, with with all the kids but I truly, you can't treat them all the same. You know, there's different degrees of, you know, punishment and different degrees of um, different things you have to do with each kid, you know, and, and I think uh, respecting their differences there. But it's growing times. It's growing times. There's never a time, bad or good, that wasn't part of the book that, that we appreciate that uh, God gave us a chance to go through.
2: You know, one thing I want to um, ask real fast is um, be thinking about resources, you know, um Uh, where can a listener, a person who doesn't know you, a person I feel, and I know Kim does this, feels the same way. We feel very blessed to be in close association with you. We were were part of the same business in round one, round two. You know, we are also part of the same family. And so where can people get to know you guys, Gloria and Joe Hadachek, as humans, right? You know, take off the title of Super Dad, or super mom, or super couple, or super business owner, you know, just, you guys are normal, everyday humans, where can the listeners go and learn more about you, maybe follow you, the social media, that kind of stuff? Do you know
0: that stuff? Well, we created, uh, just due to maxing out Facebook friends, um, uh, just Joe and Gloria on Facebook, you know, we just try to put some life events and not, not probably as popular posting it as on our personal pages, but, um, uh, that's available if somebody wants to tap into a community page just to go to um facebook joe and gloria had a check and um um, other than that really i mean twitter i'm on twitter but it's just not it's more instagram i'm on instagram instagram gloria's big in it yeah gloria had a check and i'm on instagram i'm not as good as gloria is on it so we're
3: not great at social media yeah
0: yeah we're we're probably dangerous on social media um but um, just like your podcast here, Z, my son Tate uh, created one called Men Making a Difference. And it's really geared towards men only, um, you know, just guys that have gone through some things we've talked about. So I'm proud of him for putting that out there. So he's on iTunes. It's on all the different resources, Men Making a Difference. And um, we acronym is MAD, M-M-A-D, um, not to be confused with uh, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. So it's M-M-A-D. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that you know, we're going to pour into people like you and like many dads out there and, and businessmen, and it's a variety thing, but those, those are the resources. We try to keep it simple, but I also want to just add, you know, some books, uh, outside the Bible that have been very influential to a mindset, if you don't mind. Um, there's just a couple that, you know, I have the top 10 books in my life and, and it changes over time, but sitting in front of my desk on a shelf and, um, in rank order and, you know, The Magic of Thinking Big by DJ Schwartz was a tremendous uh, uh, lid lifter in my mindset. Um, uh, how to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, these, are, these are simple, old, old books, but the values there last forever. Those are two unbelievable. Um, John Maxwell, The 21 Laws of Leadership, was probably the best leadership book that I'd ever re- uh, read. And I think that's the first one we read together you know uh, as a couple Um, and then just uh, with the rhino thing rhinoceros success which is a book you can read in 30 minutes that that one just fed my fire when I felt like man the world's coming down on me and I just realized I got to get back up you know and just go just go forward never back up just keep marching forward even if nobody nobody's following you nothing's going right you have to find the way to live another day so uh, th- those, are, those are just a few of the books that have made a difference in, in my life.
3: I did a Bible study by uh, Jenny Allen that I really loved called Restless. And if you haven't looked her up, she's, she's awesome to follow. Um, that's been one of my favorite. I, I just kept, kept following and nudging from God to have something at my house, and I did. And we had a bunch of women join us. So she's been favorite. I love Joyce Meyer. But the thing is that I, I want to say is if you're an encourager, or if you're thinking about somebody, just send them a text, um, send them a message on Facebook, send them a card in the mail. And that's so important to people. And you never ever know how that's going to really affect someone's day, their month, their life. And you know, that's, that's my thing is when I think of somebody, I'll just be like, Hey, I'm thinking about you today. Hope you're having a good day. And it's, I don't want anything from them. I just want to say, Hey, you're on my heart and, and I, I love that when people get back to me and do the same thing or, or just the friendships I've made you know out throughout life and I want to keep in contact because like Joe said, I'm, a, I'm relationship built and I think most women probably are more so than men and so that's important to me and, you know, as life changed from for this for me this summer, that was hard for me to to walk away with from is some of the relationships that I had. And it just it happened to be that way. Other people went to other businesses and I understand all that part of it. But I still wanna be friends with these people and I still wanna send them messages. So, you know, I'm just if that's one of the things that you that's on your your mind or if you're thinking about somebody that i just want to encourage you to, to to reach out to them and say hey i'm thinking about you hope you're having a great day or i'll be like hey i saw your facebook post oh my gosh that made me laugh you know i love your family things like that so small can be so huge and you know you'll get messages later and people did this to me this summer when i was having struggling this summer just out of the blue somebody would send me a message and i just i knew it was it felt like it was god just like nudging someone saying hey gloria's not having a great day send her something you know and so i try to do that in turn for people too and it's like i said there's there's no agenda it's just i like, care about you and i love you
0: and i want to echo what gloria said because i seen the power of a note card the old-fashioned mail <laughs> you put a stamp on it their name uh you know your personal handwriting versus a text or an email because it takes time to do that you know it's not it's not convenient today to put a note in the mail right but we kept for years a file of note cards and little things scribbled piece of paper from put somebody exchanging something with us and you know i mean all you had to do when you're having a bad day open the drawer read one or two put them away it was I like I
2: invented that trick i learned it from you because <laughs> I have a little tub yeah. you gotta have it all my good stuff yeah. you gotta have, have it Reaching
0: that tub every once in a while yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's Thank just yeah me. and <laughs> it, it or, may start
2: print it off if
3: it's an email or a message print yeah. it off so you have
0: it you know and if you're somebody out there and you're like well I'm not a leader nobody's writing me note cards well it might, sound, might start from a, a friend or a spouse or it might be a birthday card you know mm-hmm you don't have to have a, a legendary group following you that start a file. It you starts don't have, with you don't one
3: You write them a huge letter. You can just write them two lines of, Hey, I'm thinking about you. You know, whatever. Yeah. Keep it simple.
0: Yeah. But I think the impact Gloria said that little, that little thing is big. It is big. And you guys know that you've experienced it. You've been part of our life and we're appreciative of that. Relationships are the glue and, um, uh, just going to put our feet in some more sand of this world. I know that. So yeah. look forward to that brother.
2: Do you have any other questions? Yeah. All right, I got two last questions. I right, two last ones. Uh, and, then, and I know if you want to jump in, you can. Because remember, this is number one. We have no idea what we're doing here. The first question is, what would each of you tell your younger selves? Right? What would each of you tell your younger selves?
3: That's a good question. I I think for me personally, it'd be like maybe being more confident right off the bat. That's been something I've had to work on my whole life is being more confident in myself and really even having a voice that speak when Joe was a college football coach, like and I first got into direct sales, like I never spoke just because like, I feel like one of my gifts is I'm a really good listener. And if somebody's going to tell me a story, I'm probably going to always remember that story. And I'm very encouraged by that. And I love hearing stories of people in their lives and everything. But I've always struggled with confidence, you know, and I don't even know really for what reason why, Um, probably just that. And then I think along with it is just, you know, work on, I think when we got into direct sales, I started working on myself more. Like I decided I wanted to be better. I wanted people to follow me. I wanted to be a team leader. And so... um, I always have to look in the mirror and say, this is the number one person I need to work on. And that's an ongoing thing every single day for me, you know, is is not getting caught up in the social media part of it. Just putting my blinders on and saying, here's where I'm going. And I hope people follow me for that, you know, for that in my heart. So
0: I think a couple things. One is, um, you know, don't chase the money, chase what you're happy doing, uh, which we hear that advice from time to time already. Right. But do you believe it? You know, cause initially going to college, all my friends were going into business while I was going into business. Well, after two days of accounting, I was out of there. I, I, and you know, I was ready to quit school. I was ready to quit school my junior year. I am ready to quit school. I remember walking out the back door of my apartment with my roommate who is an accountant, um, accounting degree guy and uh, highly intelligent. And uh, he goes, I go say, I'm going to quit, go home farm. And I knew I didn't want to farm. And uh, he goes, no, he goes, he he goes. well, do what you want to do. He goes, you like sports, right? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, and this is my roommate, right? (laughs) It's not my dad, you know, and uh, not my best friend, just my roommate from my same hometown. He goes, well, you like sports. He goes, why don't you teach and coach? I go, are you kidding me? You have to get up in front of people and talk. I go, I can't do that. He goes, why don't you try? I'm like, yeah, I guess what else? I mean, so my junior spring, I decided to go into teaching and coaching, you know, um, so it's the power of a friend telling you something, Hey, do what you want to do. So that's, that's the story that backs it. And then, you know, I tell my younger self, chase your dream, to be honest with you, my dream was like Rudy, the movie, uh, the Notre Dame guy that, you know, didn't get in. And, uh, I just want to go to Notre Dame. So, I mean, I was a eighth grader writing them letters, you know, hey, you know, how do you get in, you know? And he said, like, well, you got to wait till your <laughs> junior to apply. And, and uh, my dad was a Notre Dame basketball fan, so I became a Notre Dame basketball and football freak. And uh, then as I got older, I thought, I'm not good enough. I, I'm I'm not good enough to go to Notre Dame. So I was self-talking myself out of it. And I never really shared it with anybody. I never shared anybody. I never told, "Hey, keep me accountable, Z, because I'm, I'm going to Notre Dame. I'm going to walk on. I'm going to play football there." And and as you look back over life, um, those are things that that dream had to come alive again. It happened to be through the direct sales model. A man named Charlie Regis started talking, dreaming again. I'm like, man, you know, not, you're here's the thing: you're never too old to start dreaming again. And dreaming is very, very powerful. But then you have you have the action behind it the action behind it to back it because without action, nothing happens. And you may not know exactly what to do, but do something, get out of bed, read a book, listen to a podcast, find a friend, mentor, whatever, and keep moving forward. But that dreaming is so powerful and it really brought our marriage together again because we were dreaming about things together, you know, and not passionately chasing something just for uh, personal reasons, but it was together. We were building a team and having fun doing it. So I would tell myself to keep dreaming And, um, you know, I still think that don't quit applies because I wanted to share this one story. You ask why we're so strong with that. And I I tell my boys, you know, um, my biggest regret was my senior year in high school is is quitting baseball and uh, hate it. I hate it because I remember every single day I drive by that field, I have to go through it in my head. And, uh, you know, I only had one other buddy that was playing one other senior and, uh, I felt like I let him down and, uh, I wasn't very good at it, but it was just like, I felt like it was more important to work at the time. And so I tell my boys that I said, please learn from me. I regret this every day of my life and I've learned to live with it in peace. But you're thinking that's such a small little thing, you know, but at the same time, it's a bedrock for something I want to share with my kids because that lesson, is something I don't want them to have to feel. I want them to, to realize that not doing this, you won't have to experience that. So um, that's what I would tell my young self, and uh, embrace the moment.
2: All right, and this is the this is the bomb question, okay? The bomb question that's the future, because that's something that we all four of us are you know, we have our opinion about the future. Talk to us about what you see in the future for, you know, you guys as a couple, as parents, as business owners, as pioneers in a whole different uh, type of of business. You know, how do you guys feel about the future?
0: I think uh – uh Being on this trip here that we're, you know, here in Punta Cana, just uh, with some champions, you always get excited here. But I think the future uh, is in the hands of the leaders. And uh, back to some of the things we already talked about, vision, passion, helping others. But I feel like what we're involved with right now is something that is a pioneering stage. And I don't know about you, but it excites me to be a pioneer. I I love that part of it. I love the challenge. I love sometimes that the name of what you do or how you do it, the name of the company is not a household name. But I've seen and been through that before, and and I just can know the end of the rainbow, what can happen. Mm -hmm. And the millions and hundreds and thousands of people that can be affected by a movement, a crusade, of where you're truly changing lives for the better. Through this comes families. Comes kids that are going to be influenced. Comes marriages that are going to be affected. Comes uh, philanthropy and being able to contribute to society and give 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 money away. But you know the true passion. Z and you and Kim have exemplified this for years. Is just uh, man, health is important. And if you don't have your health, you say you don't have any. You know, I don't have anything. And you know, as I age, I realize that certain things I, I took for granted and probably abused my body. And you know, being in the health industry um, and being at the cutting edge part of something that's very special, you, you feel lucky. You feel lucky, and, and you just are excited about what's going to happen because you know what can happen. Because we've both been through that before, and. Taking what experiences we had in our past that may not have happened the way we wanted them to and using that as an educational tool here to look back into that book of what we did wrong and what we did right and say, hey, we learned from this. Let's not make that same mistake again here. And uh, being led by, uh, you know, a young leader and and, uh, a young young staff of champions inside the corporate wall that uh, truly do care about us. So, you know, I... I don't know. I don't know about you, but I, I, the word retirement probably isn't in our vocabulary. You know, I it just, it's like, you, you look forward to retirement. Then you talk to the people that are retired and what are they doing? You know, I'm not a golfer, so I'm not going to go golfing. Uh, don't play tennis. Um, uh, any round ball sports are probably out. So it's like, you know, I, I you know, what are we going to do, man? I still have a passion for people and changing people's lives. And if it's just a mentoring aspect, great. If it's somebody sharing it in the four walls, great. So, um, it's just a pay for pay it forward mentality.
2: All right, so this is something in my traditional way of doing things. I just invented on the spot. Okay, you have to do this too. So we're now we'd like to acknowledge you guys, and the way we're going to acknowledge you guys is by a word. Um, so this is coming from the depths of Z's heart, glow to you, and then from Z's heart to you, Joe, and from Kim's heart to you, glow, and from Kim's heart. So like, kind of complicated, but. Right? So, Mama, I want to acknowledge you for the amount of love that you have given out in seventeen years of knowing you and 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 watching you and and just you know being impacted by your teachings, and then also your teachings on Kim and Kim entering off of you. It has been, I mean, I, my word for you is love, right? And big Papa Squatch, right? I mean, my word for you is uh uh. You're just you're just a rock, not just for me but but so many other men, so many other men who want to get better um, and I want to acknowledge you for that because your gifts that you've given me in passing like all Pro dad or the Father effect I flipped that out to my, my guys who are fathers who want to get better at being fathers and they flipped it out to theirs and I'm thinking right now of a guy named Omar and Omar going to be a guest on the podcast in, in a while. Um, you know, he told me the other day in, in our summer, I call it our summer of, of distress when the universe was having our people reach out to us, Omar reached out and said, see, I still listen to, you know, I still read the the All Pro Dad email every day and that came from you. And so the word, my word for you is you're the rock. And I know I speak for hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people that if they said, what is the word I'm thinking? I'm going thinking. Joe had a check. They would say the rock, the rock and love. Okay, babe. What are your words for Joe and Chloe. Um,
1: my my words, um, probably for both of you guys, it's the same thing. And it's probably just like honor and mentorship. You know, I, I'd have to pick two because um, you guys have always been great mentors to both, not only Z and I, but so many other people. And just, you know, you guys always do the right thing all the time you know, regardless of the circumstances. And we appreciate that. And that's something that um, we strive to do. And we, we sometimes fail. And um, we appreciate your mentorship and guidance. And, you know, just always being there and, you know, being constant encouragers. And that's how I always see you guys. You know, I see you guys as, you know, great friends and great mentors and just, you know, all around great people. And um, we are so blessed to have you guys in our lives. We appreciate you.
2: Man, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. But Joe and Glow, these guys are not only our are our- I mean, they're just everything to us. They're just that incredible. And I think the thing is, if you could sit 100 people down and say, hey, tell us about Joe and Glow, they would be glushing and blushing, kind of like what we are.
1: Absolutely. They're probably one of the most impactful people in our, our lives in the past um, 20 years or so. And we have just gotten um, so much from both of them as far as you know leadership and um, just becoming you know a better version of myself because I know Gloria, that's really what... You know, fired me up when I first you know talked with her was, hey, how are you going to be the best person that you can be? Um, because if you're not, other people are going to step in and step around you.
2: I think that just uh, Joe's articulations and just what he's been able to do for his with his life, it's such a great model for anybody. It doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're young or you're getting on. Uh, there's always something you can do to fulfill your your there, your agenda, your legacy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I just love the, the role models, man. I just love these guys. They're incredible.
1: So yeah, go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to a podcast. Um, we'd love for you to give a five-star rating and leave a review because we'll actually be reading them on uh, during upcoming episodes. Um, we'd also love for you to share the podcast with everyone you know, and you can also follow us at Wisdom Seekers Podcast.
2: All right, you guys, thanks a lot, and have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.